This is the third and 30 podcast, a coach's podcast where we believe opportunity is everything. My name is Coach Praveen Mantrapragata, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, Coach Jason Chaddock. Coach, welcome back into the studio virtually once again. It's good to see your face. Good to hear your voice. How you doing today? Coach, I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. Pumped up for another episode. Number four. Getting number four. We've been getting rave reviews from people. And for our audience to know, it's not just friends. It's people that we're just now getting to know. Because it's easy for your friends to always give you good feedback, right? But we're getting feedback even from people we don't know. So it's, it's fantastic. I'm excited to be here. I feel, like that's all friends, I feel like that's all friends give. Friends give nothing but good feedback. You know, you need to get, right. you need to get the critics. You know, we need to get some, uh, some uh, criticism in the studio. But nonetheless, you're right. It's been a, a great start so far. It's uh, exactly what it is. It's, it's a start. And um, we're happy to be able to be on our fourth show. We, we planned for a while, and now here we are in the thick of things. And our plan is working out as we, ple- as we, as we planned. <laughs> and uh, here we are with our fourth guest of the show. And that's going to be uh, uh, this time on the baseball side of things and we're going to switch sports i think uh we've been a little football heavy we are football coaches but if there's one thing that we do uh separately it's uh i also coach baseball so uh we do have some uh baseball coaching here itself but we're going to bring on a baseball coach uh coach luke cheever head coach of pooter high school in uh, fort collins colorado so excited to bring him into the studio and get him uh picking his brain and honestly it's uh we're just excited to have a conversation with him you know, we want to we wanna bring back our mantra, and that's hashtag drive. And um, it's something we haven't talked about much over the past few shows, and we want to get into it. And we wanted to have a conversation about hashtag drive with Coach Cheever. And for those of you that, you know, need recollection of, you know, Coach, what's, what's drive? Well, drive is what we believe in. It's kind of the process within a process. And... It's kind of our way of, uh, you know, getting to perfection, and you know, perfection is impossible, and that's part of that's that's sort of the irony behind it is that it's a constant drive, and each letter stands for something, and each uh, each letter within has its own meaning. So uh, the D in drive stands for determination, grit, fortitude, resolve, resolve. Okay, R is rigor, precision, focus, objectivity. Inspiration, I, vision, passion, idea, victory, V, win, triumph, success, and failure through victory. And lastly, E, excellence, quality, brilliant, distinction, which is my favorite word when describing excellent is uh, have distinction behind it. We're really excited to bring on Coach Cheever and talk about these things and, and something you know, we, this is something we can use every day. We are living in a world of adversity and constant every day is a new challenge. And we say that in our everyday lives, but I think in today it might be more apparent than ever that every day is a really a new challenge and, and, and things happen constantly and, and you never know what you're going to get hit by. And to have drive and to have these things is really important. And um, I'm excited to really pick coach Cheever's brain on that um coach Jason on you know drive kind of reiterate what drive means to you and you know what 
what stands out to you about drive and why you think it's so important? You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a firm believer in drive. Obviously, that's why we came up with it. We, we worked together. We found a system that we believed in and that we were dedicated to. And right now, we are in a time that society is going through a lot. There's, there's social things going on. There's COVID-19 going on. And what I'm really determined with is having that focus on drive because drive is what keeps me going. Drive is something that I can latch onto. It is not just something I do in my car, right? And we, we all, we, we jump in our car, we drive somewhere. Where the heck are you driving to? Okay. So in the, in the sports sense, in the business sense, I'm driving to something. Okay. And one time before when I talked about this, I was really getting into the determination part of it. Let me tell you what's on my mind today. We talked last show. I was highlighting passion. Be passionate about what you're doing. Have a passion. Have a drive because that passion is going to influence that drive. Well, guess where passion falls? Passion falls under inspiration. So I'm going to be very frank today and say inspiration is what's on my mind because if we don't have a level of inspiration right now, how are we going to get through this adversity we're facing? Because I'm telling you, every day at work, it's something new. Every single day at work, I'm getting something new. Every day at, I shouldn't say every day, but maybe every couple days within the sports environment, we're getting something new. There's a lot of news. There's a lot of change. And I have to be inspired. I have to have a passion to go achieve what we're trying to do here. Are we, we're trying to get a team ready to compete on a field. We're trying to get a business ready to serve a community. You have to have a passion. You have to be inspired to do that. And you have to have ideas. You have to have ideas to come up with something different. Because what we did yesterday doesn't work today. And it, or it might work, but in a different way. And you have to have an idea. You have to be driven, pun intended, to find that way of working through the adversity of today and you have to have a vision for the future you got to know where the heck you're going okay you have to if you don't have a vision for the future how are you going to motivate people today to be successful and hit their drive and how are you going to motivate people to get ready for the challenges that are upcoming the other thing i wanted to focus on was the e the excellence Talked about having a vision, talked about the passion, talked about having an idea. Well, let me tell you, excellence is something that's got to be on our mind because how do we come up with quality that is sustainable? How can we sustain it in our current environment and how can we sustain it when this environment eventually turns around? And make no mistake about it, it's eventually going to turn around. Things are eventually going to change in a different way. We don't know how yet, but we're getting prepared. So how can we be excellent in what we do? How can we approach it with a mindset of constant change? We have to learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And that is a key component to what we're doing in the business world and in the sports arena. And right now, that excellence is bringing us the quality. It, it's, it's the ideas we got from our inspiration are now becoming some brilliance in what we're doing to build a sustainable future for us. So that's what's on my mind today, Coach. 
I'm not fired up at all yet, am I? <laughs> no. No, not even a little bit. And you know what? It's not enough that we say it. And that's why we have this podcast is so we can bring on expert minds to help bring it all together. So without be, without further ado, let's let's shut up for a little bit and let the listeners enjoy a conversation with Coach Luke Cheever from Pooter High School. Now on the 3rd and 30 podcast, we are very pleased to welcome in Coach Luke Cheever, head coach of Pooter High School Baseball in Fort Collins, Colorado. Coach Cheever, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Look forward to this. This is going to be fun. No, we're just excited to have a great conversation with you. And um, what's what's nice for me is we work together, and uh, you know, and it's 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 a pleasure to have. As soon as I worked for Cheever, I've only worked for him for a year and a half, and as soon as I started working with him and me and coach Chaddock here wanted to start a podcast. I was like, we got to have coach Cheever on. So, um, I'm super excited to have you on and have you, uh, get us going now real quick. You've been at Pooter high school for how many years now? Um, so this is my third year here. Next year will be my fourth. Um, I was, I, I've been a teacher at Pooter for, uh, this was my second year. Um, so I, I, I actually was coaching at Pooter before I even taught there. So, um, yeah. So coach Cheever, I wanted to, uh, dive into something here that I, I think will be neat, neat for myself and for the audience, because we, we coach at the same school and, you know, myself, football, you baseball, we've seen each other a couple times at school and, and we've, we've chatted briefly and, and, uh, what I'm looking forward to now in, in, for myself personally and for our audience is kind of diving into who is coach Cheever. What's your journey through life been uh, and what brings you, you know, obviously to Pooter now walk yeah. us through it. So, um, you know, I, I've been, uh, I've been just a sports junkie my whole life. Um, you know, I've enjoyed watching sports playing sports um you know growing up as a young kid i was you know i was a multi-sport athlete tried to play as many sports as i could and my parents put me in as many sports as i as they could and um you know so i i i continued to grow in in just my my abilities as as an athlete and realized pretty quickly that I was undersized for football um, and also probably not tough enough at that point in time in my career. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, just just really enjoyed the game of baseball. I love the – just the – the almost the chess aspect. Um, I've referenced that a lot with our players and our coaches of just how much of a, of a chess game it really becomes when you really get to know the game well. Um, and that's fun for me because it's 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 also a very mental game. Um, so I played high school ball up in Cheyenne, Wyoming, at a very successful uh, American Legion program. We didn't have high school baseball, um, and so um, from there, I was recruited to go to a JUCO, um, Western Nebraska, which was another um, Region Nine team that was in its first year actually when I when I reported there and. Uh, we had two successful seasons while I was there, um, and then was lucky enough. You know, I wanted to go to Colorado Mesa out of high school, just wasn't talented enough at that point. 
and was lucky enough to to get recruited by Colorado Mesa after my two years at the JUCO uh, level. And, uh, you know, pitched there. I was a pitcher and um, really just started geeking out on pitching. I mean, I would read books and, you know, do as much as, as I could to get to know this position as best as I could. And I really truly believe that pitching is, I mean, if you think about it, guys, Pitching is is one of the best positions, maybe in maybe in all sports. I mean, you have the ball in your hand every single time. <laughs> you know, everybody's looking at you. Uh, you're gonna, everybody's gonna know if you succeeded or failed. Um, and I just, I loved that. I loved the pressure. I loved. Uh, just, you control the tempo. Like you control the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you face pitchers all the time that are. You know, they, they take their time walking around the mound and things like that. I was not that guy. I was a guy that I was up-tempo. I wanted to create the tempo of the game, and you're right, P. I mean, pitching, you you really dictate the, the, the pace of a game. Um, and so, anyway, I, I, I graduated from Mesa, um, had two really good years there, and um, thought I might have a shot to go play f- um, at the next level, and uh, didn't get that. And at that point in time, I... You know, I was thinking about going and playing independent ball, um, which I could have, but uh, I was kind of, you know, I had a, a, I had such a good senior year that I was like, you know what, you know, if this is not it, then you know, it's not it, and I'm ready to move on and 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 work, make some money, and stay in the game. But I, I want to coach, and I knew I wanted to coach at, you know, once I got to college, I kind of, I knew I was again undersized, but was you know, I, I could get it done, but I realized that, you know what, I'm, my future in this game is coaching. And so I, I started to just get into coaching right after I, I left, uh, Colorado Mesa. I did my, uh, student teaching at Fossil, did some coaching there. Um, and then, uh, went back home, coached for the program that I played for in high school for a couple of years. And then, uh, Got a job at Rocky Mountain High School um, and was coaching there for eight years. Um, and I took a different job outside of teaching at Rocky at Wellington Middle School, which really allowed me the opportunity to to be kind of... It was nice because it was the first time in my, my life where somebody reached out to me and said, hey, do you you should take this job. We we would love to have you as, as the baseball coach here. And I was like, you know what? I think this is the time. And, uh, so I'm blessed to be at Pooter. You know, it's, it's, I'm still learning. I'm a young head coach. And, and as you guys know, um, there's a lot that goes into being a head coach, assistant coach, doesn't matter what type of coach you are. You, you, you have a lot on your plate and, I'm just blessed to be around good people, and that's to me, uh, you know, that's what it's all about to me is is being around good people, developing relationship, and just getting an opportunity to work with kids and help them reach some of the goals that they have and have the experience that maybe I got um, at the college level as well. So that's kind of my journey, and um, you know, I. I why I, why I wanted to be a coach was 
is because I, I my time as a player and early on as a coach, I I developed relationship and I loved just having good relationships around me. And we talk about that relationships being the key and the people being so important. I worked at a fast food joint a few years back. That place changed my life. And it wasn't because of the work. It was because of the people that I worked with. And even me not working there anymore, I still have close relationships with those people. Um, and they inspire me. They impact me. And that's it's the people that really help, truly. What, one thing that I want to dive in in, what, in your journey is you wanted to go to Mesa out of high school. It didn't work out. You had to go the JUCO route. You know, we live in a society where kids and being around kids, it's all that instant gratification. Now, now, now. Yeah. Kind of take me through and maybe, you know, as a coach, how do you convey to a player that, you know, the patience behind it? And as a player, how did you handle that? You know, you couldn't go to Mesa immediately. So it's like, all right, you know, I got to go this JUCO route. And that's probably a tough route to go two years there. Then you get to your goal. You know, what, how do, how important is it to understand and kind of get to kind of be with yourself? Like, hey, you know, I have to go through this process to get where I want to go. You know, I want to get there now. Can't get it now. I got to go through this process. Kind of take us through that that part of the, your journey. So I think I think first I want to talk about just uh, as a, as a coach. Um, you know, when I when I wanted to go to Colorado Mesa, I I went and visited and spoke to the head coach there in high school. Yes. And went to a camp and, you know, I, I didn't speak to him at the camp. I had to wait. Um, but I went and toured the college and he, he graciously, you know, sat down with me and he's, he, he was honest. So as a coach, I think it's a really important for us as coaches, as high school coaches, as college coaches to be really upfront and honest with your kids. Now, again, it's hard because sometimes I've been honest with kids and they still want to think that they're, they're division one, yeah. they're ready to go to the next level. Um, but a lot of times that's just not the case. And, you know, I respected the man when he was sitting there saying, you know, look, you're just not quite ready yet. And, you know, why don't you try and go play at this level for a couple of years and we'll, we'll kind of follow you and see where, it, where it takes us. And there was no guarantee. I just, I just wanted to play. I think the thing that I see in our youth right now is they want the gratification. They want the Instagram likes when they post, <laughs> I've committed to such and such school. Whereas when I was their age, I wanted to just continue playing. I loved the game so much that I didn't care where I was going to play. I just wanted to play. And so I think kids need to realize that it's it's all about the love of the game there is so many different routes in so many different sports to make it where you want to go but it's all about do you love it enough to where you're going to maybe sacrifice a little bit and not get the attention that you know our, our social media is is out there trying to to really take from these kids i mean we were just talking about this, but social media is, is, is evil on these, these high school kids when it when you start talking mm -hmm. about signing. I mean, how many of your players do you go and you watch and you can just see it in practice sometimes when they haven't signed, but maybe their their buddy has signed and 
they're they're posting all this stuff on social media and their buddy feels left out well all they want is that same gratification as that other kid is getting Mm -hmm. instead of understanding that there's opportunity still um so i think for me it was more about i just want to keep playing i want i i love the game enough that i will go anywhere to go play baseball, continue to play baseball. And if I get a little bit of college paid for, great. And, you know, I think it was it was also a mentality as I was honest with myself. Did I see myself being a major leaguer? Not necessarily. Did Was that my goal? 100%. But I also knew that, again, I was undersized. I... I, I self-evaluated and I looked around at the other competition that was around me and said, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm going to work my butt off and try to get as good as some of these guys, if not better. And I did, but you got to be realistic with yourselves too. And I think that's where as coaches, we have to do a good job of really, um, just being honest with kids and that's hard too because you know there's so many camps and there's so many different money makers out there that that all these coaches are are telling kids oh you're you're this or that well yeah because they're getting a little paycheck on the side you know and they're not the ones that are really going to have a big say in what's going on in their life so I think it really just makes a little, it, it it really difficult in our day and age with social media. It's different than when I was growing up, period. So we as coaches, I think, really have to figure out how are we how do we get these kids an honest uh, opinion from ourselves, but also like I've to, I've shared with our kids like if you're wanting to go to UNC Greeley D1, then you need to go talk to their coaches. You need to go to a camp and you need to see what they think of you. And, you know, I think that that is is big. It's not about, well, I'm going to go to this PBR showcase down in Denver and they're going to tell me that I'm D1 ready. Well, yeah, of course they are. So that's those are kind of my thoughts on that. And I don't know what you guys think, but I, I just I think it's it's it, it, it makes it more difficult with the social media aspect and then also people that have gotten smart and understood that they can make a lot of money doing showcase events mm-hmm. and telling these kids false information. Well, you said it. I mean, as a as a high school athlete, you have to be honest with yourself, like you said. And I think a lot of them think, oh, they're going to see me. Oh, the, co- the college coach is going to come find me. Don't worry, I'm good enough, they're going to find me. And it's funny, I always go to this one player, this football player that most of you might know, Tariq Cohen, the running back for the Chicago Bears, yep. who's, what, five foot five, yep. 180 pounds. I mean, he's a small guy. He went to North Carolina A&T, but that's not because, you know, close to home, whatever reason. He actually communicated with over 200 college coaches trying to get an offer, trying to get an opportunity, and no one gave him an opportunity. But he just kept grinding and ended up getting some offer from North Carolina A&T, which I'm sure most people haven't even heard of. And now, you know, fast forward, he's the starting running back of the Chicago Bears. And that's, I think he was honest with his abilities and understood, look, I'm good enough, but 
I'm not good enough. Like I still, you know, the best today, I heard, I heard this the other day and I thought it was perfect. Your best today is the platform, is the floor for your best tomorrow. Yeah. You know, you always are trying to be better. And so whatever you do best today, well, you take that, that's that's the lowest point for tomorrow. You build off that. And a lot of us, at, a, at and so it can be so disheartening sometimes at a young age, they think they know it all. And I think we all did at a certain point. But that's why as coaches, it's important to relay that, you know, you're always trying to learn. You're always trying to get better. You're always trying to grow. And that's, I always take the Tariq Cohen story because that's, you know, you think that, okay, they're going to find me fine. But then if you go out there, you're for sure going to get an offer. No, I mean, that still might mean you're going to get, you know, you're going to get screwed over a couple of times. You're not going to get a response from a coach, but you have to do that much. And that's just, you know, you have to be able to deal with that adversity. I think a lot of us are, can be, a lot of kids can be afraid of rejection. And so they just kind of avoid that in general. And that could be part of it too. But I mean, you, 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 I really, what hit me about what you said was the honesty, being honest with yourself, being honest with where you lie. So, well, um, and I think, I think one more thing to add to that is, you know, we, we take a spring trip down to Arizona every spring. We try to anyway. And one of the things that I do while we're down there is we go to an ASU game. And ASU is one of the top 10 teams in mm-hmm. D1 typically every year, year in, year out. And, you know, I, I have a conversation. It's not like we just go to the game and say, yay, we went to a college baseball game. <laughs> you know, we're, you know, I have a conversation with our kids after that. And I say, what do you see out there? You know, what types of players are out there? I mean, there's a difference between a D1 athlete and a JUCO player or a D2, D3 athlete. I mean, you look at some of these guys and you just say, oh, that's why they're D1. You know, and so these kids need to have the opportunities, I think. As coaches, we need to create opportunities to to give them those experiences to where they can say, oh, shoot, I'm not even close to what that kid looks like or mm-hmm. you know i'm not squaring a ball up like that um and as a you know as a football player maybe you know i'm not driving a player like that on the, off the line or whatever it is but you know i think it's important for us as coaches to try to give our kids because let's let's face it there's a lot of kids that do not watch college sports they don't they don't watch college sports anymore they don't watch they'll, they may watch a little bit of pro but let's let's even take that for instance, college versus pro. Now you're talking about another huge <laughs> jump, right? And so they're they're not even able to see. Okay, what does a JUCO player look like? What does a D two? What does a D three NAIA JUCO player? What do they look like? What are, what are they doing? You know, how do I stack against them? You know, we can tell them straight to their face. You're not a D one player. But until they really see it, you got to give them because they're such visual learners because of the social media platforms. You got to give them something that they can see and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite there. You know, I I want to highlight something really intriguing about all that. I can say, I have coached several football players that have gone D one, and. And, I, and I'm talking some bigger programs, University of Hawaii, University of Oklahoma, University of Oregon, um, various programs like this. And I'm telling you, as middle schoolers 
and as freshmen, I saw these kids. And instantly, when you see them on the field, they look different than everybody else. There is, and it, they're not the leader of the team because they look different. Right. They're the leader of the team because not only do they look different on the field, and, and by look different, let's be very specific. Athletically, they are just gifted far beyond anyone else on that field. That's how they look different. 100%. They stand out in the crowd athletically. And number two, and this is the one that's, that, that will hurt some people's feelings, they work harder than anyone else on the field and are the most gifted. 100%. They have a drive, pun intended here, guys. You see where I'm going. <laughs> they have a drive to achieve. And I'm telling you, you know them the second you see them. And then there's some other kids you know you can develop to be that because sure. they have the determination and the drive to become something great. They have that work ethic. They just don't quite have the talent yet or they don't quite have the mental game yet. And that's where our coaching comes in. That was so we, Yeah. So we can develop it. We can absolutely develop it in people. And sometimes you just get that special kid. And that special kid, you see it in the second you see him. And I'm telling you guys, I have watched freshmen start varsity. I spent three years in Texas. <laughs> I watched freshmen start varsity. And, and you look at them size-wise, you're like, yeah, coach, you sure about this? They get out there, you're like, woo, that kid can play. Yeah. Wow. Yep. It's the same, it's the same thing. You see baseball guys all the time. I mean, we ran into a team the other day that, you wouldn't think that they would be able to smoke the ball around the field. You know, they're not, they're not, not all the time are D1 players, guys that always look, you know, huge and, you know, have that type of uh, structure to their bodies. There's only one Aaron Judge. There's only one LeBron James. Yeah, not exactly. everyone could be that big. So <laughs> you see some teams and you're like, oh, the, you know, we should have a shot, just like we did the other day. And, Lo and behold, first inning pops around and boom, they're knocking the ball all over the yard. You know, it's just, it is. It's it's an athletic ability that you see, and I, I agree with you, Jason. It's just, you see it from, it's early. I mean, you don't have to see a lot of it. You see it, and as coaches, um, it's exciting when you get one of those players, too. You, you got to admit that. Yeah. It's a it's a game changer. Oh, and then when and when you have that hard work that follows that, you know, there's that saying, "Hard work beats talent." When talent doesn't work hard, you get those kids that have the talent, and that just, you know, we were talking about the kids that know it all, you know, and he's just like, "Yeah, I got the talent. I'm going to make it." I always think of Friday Night Lights, you know, Booby Miles. Yep. That's always what we go to, right? You know, I was born this way. I got. I don't got to work out, you know, and. You know, gets the offer, and then you go out in a game, and your body's not ready, and you get hurt, and it's life changing. Not just career ending in a sport; it's life changing, right? And and uh, I know that's a fictional movie, but it's it, there's life lessons in that, and that that's also something too is is pushing those kids that have talent because I think sometimes as coaches we see a good talent and we just kind of like he's got it, yeah, and that can kind of deteriorate their development. If you're not really pushing them as hard, and that can be tough, right? Because they're a really talented kid. They're above everyone else. How do you 
kind of coach him the right way to make sure he's going to be the better than this because his best his freshman year can only get better as he gets older, right? So it's 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 as coaches it can be kind of hard to to handle um, that kid and coach him the right way and push him the right way. Well, and I think I think too one of the things, and I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but I mean I try to identify early on who are my kids that are that have that drive, like you were saying, mm-hmm. Jason. You know, who are those kids? Because those are the kids I want to. Those are the kids I want to coach. And that doesn't have to do with talent. No, not a not <laughs> no. a least bit. I mean, and so I want to I want to try to develop as a coach. Where who are my kids that are gonna freaking just get after it? And those are the kids I want to coach. And I still love the other kids, but I may not spend as much time with those kids because I know that the bottom line is is that they don't have the drive. Now, in the meantime, I might try to push them to get more of that drive going. But I'm, I'm looking for those kids that have the drive, that, that, that want to learn, that want to push themselves, that they want to be the best they can be. That's so true. Coach, I want to dive into now – the coach's drive and you know we talked a lot about just now the kids and their drive and how to kind of get their focus on the right path now coaching is 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 it's quite the profession especially in the high school level um it takes a lot of patience it takes a lot of uh character um passion and it's so fulfilling and you know after practice one the other day we were dragging the baseball field and that's um, something in baseball, it's you really have to take care of your field. You know, you really have to. Um, it's it's kind of part of your program. It's part of your identity. Your culture is your field. And luckily, at our program, we won field of the year in the state, so that was pretty awesome. And so we take pride in that. And we were dragging the field, and this is something that's new to me. And and Cheever, you brought up a point of how it's it's therapeutic being out there, and I love the way you put that. And kind of. Take us through what you meant by that, like that therapeutic feeling, being out on the field. I think as coaches in all sports, we get that feeling. It's like that surreal, sublime feeling. It kind of is a calming feeling. Explain a little more what you meant by that therapeutic feeling, being on the field, being out there coaching. Yeah, I think I would equate it somewhat to uh, those that coach in golf. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of coaches that golf that, you know, they'll go out there and they'll lose their mind for sure. Um, but I've, I've learned in the game of golf that, uh, that's, that's probably one of the worst things you can do as a golfer. And, um, so I, I kind of equate it to that. You know, I love being on the golf course. It's just some serenity out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're walking up to your golf ball. You're not really thinking about anything about, uh, what's going on outside of standing up there and whacking that ball. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as, as a, as a baseball coach, we do, we do have to take, care of our field and and it's something that i don't i'll never complain about because i love it um and i think it teaches a lot for our kids i think it teaches a lot of responsibility um you know we live in a day uh an age where kids don't take care of their stuff you know they're given stuff and then they just don't take care of it um and so if if we want to have a nice field to play on we're gonna have to take care of it and so i get to teach our kids what that looks like and and why it's important um you know when we were talking the other day i love the idea of just being able to you know when we're playing at home i get to drag the field after after our game and win or lose 
it really allows me a lot of time to sit there and really have some, um, I would say at times it's emotional, but also at other times it's unemotional thought process uh, to what is it that I'm going to do tomorrow to make our team better. Um, and sitting on that drag and doing circles on the infield, watering it, that gives me time to really sit there and think, okay, what is it that I need to do differently? What is it that we're doing well? Um, and really put together a pretty solid plan um, just in that short amount of time. Um, I can think a lot uh, about a lot there. And uh, so it's 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 one of my favorite things. I mean, I, I always joke around if I wasn't a teacher, I might be a landscaper just because I love, <laughs> I love taking care of grass. I mean, I could go out there and spit sunflower seeds and, and work on grass for hours. And so, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's a joy of baseball for me is just going out there and, and really allowing your program to showcase who they are just by when a team walks into your field. It's almost like I, I almost uh, uh, compare it. I saw a picture of like, you see a clean field, you see a taken care of field. It's, it's, you know that they took time, effort, patience in putting it in. It's, you know, I, I kind of think about it and this is kind of different, but it's almost like a culture of, you know, when you go somewhere and you're a visitor, almost treating it the same way, and you understand that because you take care of your own with this certain care and, and feel to it that you're going to take care of someone else. And there was, I think it was Navy or Army football team traveled to Oklahoma, got their teeth kicked in, and afterwards someone goes in, I think the cleaning crew goes into the visitor's locker room, and it was spotless. And... I think that sent you know that kind of surprised people because it's like yeah you're the visitor you're at a big time program and you just lost and you know who cares about cleaning it and it was it almost showed a care a sense of character and then we know the discipline and the uh, the the high standard that Army Navy hold themselves sure. to so that sure. follows through that and I think it goes to almost to your point of you you go on a on a road trip to a field. And you walk in and you see that field is taken care of. You're almost a little intimidated by that team. You're like, 100%. oh, this team, this team's pretty good. They take care of their field, and that that just by taking care of your field sends that message about who your team is, your culture, what you believe in. Hundred percent. I think you guys, as football coaches, too. I mean, I'd be interested, Jason. Do you? I mean, have you walked into a football complex before that you could tell maybe that that football team maybe took a little bit more care of of their their facility have you have you ever seen that so interesting you asked me that because i actually have a background working for a school district taking care of stadiums and aquatics facilities so i have a pretty vigilant eye to that and yes you can absolutely i can walk in and i can tell hey your turf is at the end of its life you really need to get it replaced you guys aren't fixing these items going on here conversely i can go into another place that has an older field see how well they take care of it um, i think it's jeffco the jeffco school district uh p correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure it's jeffco still has a natural grass field yes you're right 
And and I every time I walk in there, I'm so impressed with how they've manicured this field and the amount of games they play on that field in the course of a year is ridiculous considering it's grass. And, guess what? And Jeffco yeah. teams are good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they get they get a lot of playoff games there too. <laughs> yeah. So think, yeah, it is it is impressive when you find it. Well, I think, you know, I, I just I'm in a, a master's program right now for athletic administration and one of the courses I, I'm taking, we had to talk about intimidation and, and doing it the right way. And, you know, I spoke, I wrote a paper about, you know, just that of, you know, you can intimidate in a lot of ways other than just running your mouth. You know, there's <laughs> the way that you show up to the field, the way that you take care of your field, um, the way that you take your in and out or your, your practice drills before game, those types of things that are just, you don't even have to speak a word and you just know that a team is ready to, to play and ready to kick your butt. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think I look at, at baseball as, you know, my field is also a way to intimidate other programs as well as, as they walk into our, our facility. Coach, you, you said you're doing an online master's program. Which which school is it with? So I'm uh, I'm working through Concordia, Irvine. Okay. Uh, Con- Concordia University, Irvine. It's all online. Uh, as a coach, it's hard because, you know, I, I wanted to do a CSU route um, just because I think you can network really well within that program. But uh, as a coach, it's really difficult because a lot of their stuff is – in class setting and doesn't really work with your coaching schedule. So um, I've really, really enjoyed this program. It's um, it's been a it's been it's been great. It's been hard to balance everything, but uh, the things that I'm learning and uh, just being able to kind of throw all these thoughts that are in my head out on a piece of paper has been really healthy for me as a as a head coach. You know, uh, coach, coach, uh, coach, and I were talking before, and I was getting to learn a little bit about you. And um, P and I were talking before as well. And I, I really admire the point of life you're in right now and what you're doing. Uh, I myself walked that same path, and I was working in my career. I was a father. Had just recently had a second kid and I was a coach and I was doing a master's program online. And so I I walked those shoes and, and I want to, I want to say my, my, I I believe you have a a newer born baby. I want to say my daughter might've been two at the time. And so I've, I've been in those shoes. I've walked that pathway and it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It is a huge challenge to be a be a, a career guided uh, man trying to support a family, be a coach, be a father to the kids, be a husband, and be a student, all simultaneously. Yeah, walk me through. That's a lot, Coach. Walk me through how you bring that all together. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Well, I don't know if I have an answer for that. I'm still figuring it out, and I don't know if I ever will figure it out. But, you know, I, I would say the one thing that 
is is keeping it going at this point is my wife. I mean, I have a wife that I mean her brother was a he's an ex major leaguer, um, so she was used to the baseball and and just sports in general growing up, um, and so she's seen it, she's lived it, and thankfully she you know we look when we got before we got married i told her you know this is a passion of mine and this is this is kind of my platform to to give back to to kids and people and and uh thankfully you know she was on board with my mission in life and she's sacrificed a lot and she's she's amazing so i would say that first and foremost you got to have support around you i mean uh, and like I said, Amen I'm in the that. infancy stages of all of this still, and it, it, it's with that being said, it's not. I'm not saying that it's perfect. I mean, there's still challenging times um, with delegating responsibilities and, and duties in both of our um, avenues as parents and as husband and wife, and um, you know, I, I think. For me, I think the other part of that as a head coach is, is delegating responsibilities. Um, and that's been hard for me as a head coach just because uh, you always want to have a fingerprint on what's going on. You always want to know what's going on. You want to make sure that things are being done the right way and it's your program. And so anything bad that happens in your program, it it ends up being you, mm-hmm. whether it was you or not. Um, it's going to come back to you. And so, um, it's been hard. It's been a challenge, but, uh, you know, I think it's all about hiring the right people, you know, getting people in there that are dedicated. That's huge. Dedicated learners. If you can be a dedicated individual that, that wants to learn and wants to be there, I'll take you any day of the week because I can, I can help teach you and I can help you learn the game. But if I don't have that, then it's really hard for me to delegate. And so for me, it's it's about delegation, and I've tried to do a little bit more of that as I've gone on. Um, so I think that's it, it, man, Jason. That's a tough question, and I know you've you've walked through it, and it's not easy. It's not easy, it's and not. and there's still times where I I sit there and lay in bed at night and wonder what the heck am I doing. <laughs> um, I had a lot of those nights. Yeah, yeah, and I do too. Going um, going to bed at one thirty in the morning. Yeah, yeah, and you're sitting there thinking, "Well, I'm going to be up at four thirty five with the with the baby, and I'm going to be running off of three four hours of sleep, and I got to do school, work, coaching. Mm-hmm. It's difficult, um, but I go back to the relationship piece that I said at the beginning of this this podcast is just. You know, you got to have people around you that support you and and care for you and know who you are. I mean, how many times do we sit there on a coaching staff and we don't know the person that's right next to us? We don't know anything about their lives. I mean, come on. We got to, as coaches, we have to be better at developing relationship with with our fellow coaches because then we can all support each other. But how the heck are we going to do that if we don't know anything about each other? And that happens so often in coaching relationships. And it's sad. And I think 
coaches need to reevaluate a little bit and understand yes it's about the kids but it's also about those people that are that are working for you because they matter a lot coach chaddock i want you to add to that because you said you walked in those same shoes maybe you have the same things to say yeah but, please let's you know, go yeah you've you finished the process you know coach cheever here is in the process and and I, you know, I, I want add to it a little bit, you being through it and now in the, you know, your years past that, not trying to call out of your age or nothing, <laughs> coach, I apologize, but now you're a little bit past those days, you know, add, add to that piece of how you brought it all together with those same roles. Well, you know, the first thing I want to say is if you ever need someone to talk to, <laughs> you, you call me. I will. You, you, I, you, and I can talk. And and any any listeners out there that ever want to talk their way through this, hit me up on social media, and and it's a hundred percent okay. Hit me up because if there's one thing I believe in, it's what Coach Cheever's been talking about this whole time. It's the relationships. We're a network of coaches together, trying to help each other be better so we can serve our kids. Yeah. So we can serve our families at home. Um. It was not easy. I will tell you, I can, I can still verbatim remember when I started year two. Mine was a two-year online program. When I started year two, it was football season, and I had the class I had to do a thesis in. Oh, goodness. I'm telling you, I thought I was going to die. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. I, I literally was sleeping three or four hours a night. Yep. And I happened to have the one facilitator who was challenging her thesis and was so strict on us on everything. And, and there was many, many sleepless nights. And, and Coach, you highlighted something that I really want to reemphasize for our listeners because it is so much more than just when we're trying to get our master's. It's the relationship with our spouse. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, my wife was my rock. She allowed me so much latitude to be able to focus on this master's program, to coach football, to have a career, to raise a family. And it was my wife that gave me this to you. And I'll tell you, even now in my, in my walk, it's my wife who supports me coaching football. My wife is an advocate for it. My wife is an advocate for educating and teaching these kids. Yeah. And for me, that's everything. She goes to all the games. She is rock solid beside, beside she hosts me dinners. all the time. She allows us coaches to come over and have dinner at your place, man. That's she does. <laughs> and she cooks for the she cooks for the kids. She uh -huh. cooks for coaches. Um, she's all in, man. And the other thing I'll highlight that I learned. You've you've said it a couple times, and I heard it nonstop in my master's program. People would get on the chat boards and say, "Well, you know, I, I'm going to do it the right way," or, "Or, you know, something's going on. We're going to do it the right way." And to give you perspective, when I was in my master's program, that was when the Jerry Sandusky um, issues came out at Penn State and, and Joe Paterno going through his issues and all everyone kept saying is I'm going to do it the right way. Finally, I got on a chat board and said, what's the right way? Yeah. I don't know what the right way is. Mm -hmm. Educate me on that. And I want to highlight what you said for our listeners because you not only said I want to bring in the right person, but then you defined what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
because coaches and this isn't just for coaches this is for leaders and organizations um leaders and organizations look and say well i'm, I'm going to do it the right way i don't know what the heck the right way is yeah i have zero clue what the right way is because you go on social media like we were saying earlier every single person out there thinks their way is the right way so mm -hmm. i don't know what the right way is yeah because there's like 800 of them but i love what you highlighted because you did highlight to you what the right way is because philosophically it follows what you believe in and it follows the values you're looking for in your co-coaches i want someone who is going to be present who's going to have character and who's going to be dedicated to developing these kids and someone that i can get to know because knowing the people around me is important yep i mean amen brother i can work with you all day long yeah yeah <laughs> because because your values your philosophy is in a spot that's going to allow you to be a positive leader for kids and for adults around you and i love that and and that's that's really one of the things that i wanted to learn through my network of coaches when i was growing up through this and i wish i could give you the the big amen at the end and say hey i learned how to balance everything every week was a new adventure yeah absolutely and sometimes I just needed to talk to someone to get my way through it and figure, wow, work's really busy this week, but school's light. Yeah. I, my favorite time, no joke, my favorite time was outside of football season because I did have a little bit more time when it was not football season. Yep. Um, I want to touch so, on – I want to touch uh, – and I don't mean to interrupt you, Jason. I 100% agree with, with what you say too. And I, I think, you know, it's kind of funny because – you know, our the the general population, you know, praises and worships these these head coaches, and a lot of times I'm thinking to myself, man, we should be praising the women that are with these gentlemen. <laughs> yes, no kidding. I mean, because <laughs> yes. you, you cannot you you I've I've seen a lot of coaches that can't do it because their spouse or whoever they're with is. They're not supportive of it. They don't understand it. They don't get it. They're they're not in the. They don't have that same vision. Um, and so, you know, I I think women in in men's sports are are it's so important. And I and I don't mean to go on that, you know that that train. But I'm just saying that women are important in all this aspect. Hundred percent for coaches. Hundred percent. And it's crucial, um, you know, for for those those coaches out there to to have those conversations first and foremost with with their significant others, and and make sure that that's that's a a common ground with that person as well. All the successful coaches that I've heard, you know, you two right now speaking about it, going to the AFCA convention. All those coaches. And the AFCA convention had the top football coaches in the nation. And I want to highlight that because it's, I think, the one profession where your colleagues are also celebrities. Okay. Like, I was there in the same building with other football coaches. We're, the, we're, we're all football coaches. But these guys, some of them were just celebrities. And that's the kind of how we treat them. But every single one of them, when they were asked a similar question, how do you manage this? How do you do it? They all brought up their wives. Every single one of them. And it's it's so true. I mean, Coach Blake Anderson, coach of Arkansas State, spoke of 
his, you know, kind of misjudgments and bad decision making as he was a coach, and it it put a big risk on his marriage. But if it wasn't for his wife and believing and pushing, it, they they wouldn't be where they are today. And you know, it's crazy how things work out because they work things out in their marriage, and then sadly she passes away from cancer fall of past season Goodness. and it it was such an inspiring story to hear from him because i mean it, he all related his success to her and he's the coach he's inspiring kids he's impacting them but in the end you can't do that stuff if you don't have the support at home no. and that's what we tell the kids the way you act at home and the way you are at home it's going to translate to the field and it goes hand in hand with coaches if you're not a good if you don't have high character outside of the playing field well you can't you're not even though you might expect it and you say it your body language what actions you have and certain reactions you have are going to show because of what's going on off the field and wives are so important i mean i'm 26 i'm not married i don't have kids and that's been my thing is i've i've wanted to have a family i want to have kids but then i hear coaching is such a big thing and i'm like well What's going to get me through this is 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 a, is a spouse and a family and support that has my back through this yeah. because without it, it causes so much turmoil and kind of sacrifices kind of the future of your life because if you go into something you don't really know what you know you're getting into and then it all breaks off, it could ruin your career, yeah. it could ruin your family, but it's not, it's going to ruin one or two and those yeah. are really big things in your life and it's important. I, I love that you guys highlighted you know your wives because. There really are the kind of the, the the piece that brings it all together that allows you. I mean, Cheever, I see you maybe more than I see than you see your wife these days, yeah. and that's that's and that's crazy. But she's supportive of that, and that's that's what makes it all come together. Yeah, and I think, you know, I just I want to go and I, you know, again, my wife's amazing, and I'm so thankful for for her servant leadership in in just our marriage and just her heart. But I also want to talk about, and I, and this goes off the cusp a little bit with, with our outline, Please. Here, but, uh, but I want you guys to think about, I mean, and listeners, you guys sitting here right now, I want you to think about, you know, how many coaches lives that you've really, truly known. You know, and I, I, I can think, you know, part of the reason that I spent eight years at Rocky was because of just that. I knew those guys so well. I knew so much about their lives. And it just, it, it made it feel more like family instead of just this, yeah, I'm coaching and I'm just going to go and help these kids. But it was, it was family. And then I want you to also think about what are we doing for our kids to provide that for themselves? I mean, how many times do you, I mean, that's the problem. That's one of the problems that I think that we have with, with a lot of our teachers in our education system. And we have a lot of good ones, but we have a lot of teachers too, that they, they don't value the opportunity to help these kids get to know one another. We we're talking about judgment, right? This this where we're at in our our world right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's judgment. It's all about judgment, right? Well, 
we cannot as individuals judge somebody until we truly know who they are. Well, what are we doing to do that? As a society, as as a coach for a team, as a teacher in a classroom, even at a landscaping company. Who's your coworker? <laughs> do you know him? Right. Do you have judgments about him? Well, why do you have those judgments? You may not even know that person. Why don't you spend the time in asking some of these questions that we're asking in this podcast right now to try to get to know somebody? And then, sure, you can make a judgment after that. But we don't do that. We don't do that as a society. We are judging people on the stupidest things. And I think we as coaches have to do a really good job of teaching our kids, hey, let's get to know somebody. Let's get to know our teammates so that we can truly care and support who they are. And I've I've come up with this theory, and I'm going to coin it because I've, I haven't heard anyone say it yet. There's headline readers and there's article readers. And, you, and, and I think that goes straight to your point. We are in a society today where most of us are headline readers. And we make a judgment of that three-word headline we see. And, you know, yeah, we might live in a day and age where also the article itself might be biased this way or another. Well, maybe you have to read more than one article about it. Maybe you need to go two, three, four articles about that subject to really learn about it. But that's the same thing about a human being is you can't just hear one story or one part of that person's life. You got to hear a few different, you know, pad stories, backgrounds to really figure out who this person is and I, I think that's where we are today is, is there's more headline readers than article readers. And that goes back to our point of learning. You know, we need to learn more about each other. And it's so huge. Instead of just saying, yeah, this guy I coach with means a lot more when you call him your friend. And yeah, we coach together, yeah. you know, and then that builds for better programs. I bet those successful Rocky Mountain baseball teams, I bet your coaching staff, like you said, was just as tight as those players were. Mm -hmm. And that's why you were successful. And I think, you know, it, it, and it's true. I mean, uh, you, you, and you guys know this. I mean, you guys have been a part of different places where you felt connected. Well, the big reason that is is because somebody in that connection group has actually asked you a, a meaningful question or have has tried to get to know you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's. You know, you talk about chemistry and culture and all this stuff and programs. Well, to me, as a head coach, I believe that relationship is where it starts first and foremost. Mm -hmm. If you can't trust anybody, then you ain't going to listen to a word they say. How do you gain trust? By building, the, building a relationship with that person. Well, the way that you build that relationship is by digging a little bit into their lives and getting to actually know them. How many times do you get interrupted in a conversation? <laughs> People aren't listening. People are not listening. You got to listen. And then, you know, I talk to our kids all the time in class, and I'm like, you know, I go out to the hallways of the school, right? And it's a shouting match amongst groups of friends. None of them are listening to each other. <laughs> they all want to have the next point. Right? Okay, so nobody cares really about what anybody else is saying. Right. They want to get their point out. That's not successful. That is not a successful way of doing it. And so I try to tell our kids, you know, 
what are they saying that you can ask a legitimate question back to them that shows that you were listening to what they were saying? Because we all want to be heard. Mm -hmm. That's why we all shout and, and interrupt each other. We all want to be heard. But when you develop relationship and somebody knows that you care for them is when you listen. Our kids struggle with listening right now in this day and age. We've got to teach them how to listen and then how to respond once they've listened. See, kids will say, well, I listen to that. But then they don't know how to respond. Mm -hmm. So how do you teach them to respond? Okay, they just mentioned they just mentioned such and such about their weekend. Well, ask them a question about that such and such about the weekend. You know, and it's, you know, I'm literally teaching high school kids how to do that. And they struggle with it. How to talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the final piece I'll throw into that, because I think you just touched on a great point. They don't even listen to each other. <laughs> no. They just talk. Look, yeah, did you see my Instagram post over the weekend? Yeah, I liked it. Oh, that's it? You don't have anything else to say? Yeah. But it was awesome. You know, the the final piece I'll, le I'll leave with uh, on the family topic, I'm a firm believer that success is not a goal. It's a byproduct. Absolutely. It's a, by, it's a byproduct of all the work you've put in. It's a byproduct of the journey. Mm -hmm. Yep, process. And yeah, absolutely. And, and Coach Cheever, what I want to highlight with you, the way you've talked about your wife and, and your family, I really appreciate that because I can tell you that was my draw to Pooter football is the family atmosphere to Pooter football. And my kids, in the not this summer, because I've been dealing with other stuff at work, but my kids are always at football practice. They're always there. They're working out in the off seasons. They're, my son's a ball boy on game day. My wife's always around. Anytime there's an event, my wife is there. People get to know my wife. Our players are getting an exercise in modeling. Yes. They are, because let me be frank in saying this. Anybody can go father a kid. Anybody can go father a kid. I don't want to teach these kids how to, how to father a kid. Right. I want to teach these kids how to be a father to a kid. Yep. I want to teach them how to be. In my case, I'm a, I'm a husband to a wife. I want to teach them how to be a good father and a good husband and treat the treat my woman right. Again, I'm going on that right term. To me, right is I'm going to teach her with respect. I'm going to treat her with respect. I am going to be a believer in what she does. I'm going to support her in her career and her goals and I'm going to be a husband to her and, and I'm going to be there for her and I'm going to care for her and I'm going to love her and I'm going to provide for her. And the more our kids get to see us model that we're going to have a fighting chance at building, building that successful kid down the road. Who's going to stay out of trouble. Who's going to stay out of the social media. Who's going to become a father and a husband and, and treat their family in, in a, in a way that provides them a future. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you hit on that. And I, I, I think about 
players coming back, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't know if you've done a dang thing for a kid once they leave your pro- program, right? But the minute you get two, three years, five, ten years down the road and a kid comes back and says, hey, look, this is what's going on in my life. And it's, it's I've got a kid, I'm married, I've got a successful career. I mean, those are the things that, I mean, when you think about coaching, and I when I was a young coach, it was the college mindset. We got to win, right? But as you get older, the idea of just making these boys, young men, and then men, is really what this is about. And it's hard. And I'm a competitive dude. I hate losing. Hmm. <laughs> and I have to remind myself many, many times that it, this isn't what it's not about. And my wife will even, again, I go back to my wife. There's times where I get, I come home and I'm just like, I can't believe this. Like, you know, this is, this is frustrating and all this stuff. And she's the first one to say, remember why you're doing this. And th- this is about helping kids work towards being men and and good men of character and um you know i see that in pooter football i see that in a lot of the athletics at pooter high school and i'm i again i'm thankful to be at pooter high school and i'm thankful that uh that you guys had that you guys have had me on the on this podcast and um you know i i've i'm i'm thankful for just so much in my life, you know, I think about COVID and I think about, you know, Black Lives Matter and I think about all these things that are going on in our lives right now. And I truly sit back and I think to myself that I'm, I I am very blessed and um, I get to, I get to help kids have a more open mind and do the things the right way and not everybody gets to do that not everybody gets to wake up in the morning and go to work and say you know what i have an opportunity to make a difference in someone's life and um so i'm i'm thankful that i have that opportunity i'm thankful that i get to work with such great coaches and people um it's cool being on here with jason you know, for you listeners, I like like he said at the beginning, I've talked to him a few times here and there in the locker room. But just being able to hear him, you know, speak about his life a little bit and um, get to know him a little bit better. You know, I'm sure after this podcast that, that things are going to be a little different as <laughs> we see each other. And that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what's great about. Um, if you, if you're an aspiring coach or a coach or a manager or somebody that runs a business CEO that's listening to this, this is, you know, people are what makes life work. When you have good relationships with those people, life is, you could be poor and still have an enjoyable life. People are what make your heart and your mind work. And so, um, you know, I, I'm just, I, I really do appreciate you guys having me on the show and 
I'm thankful for the opportunity to just share with you guys and also learn from you guys because you know this is I'm I'm pumped that you guys are you guys got this going on and just trying to 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 help people. That's what you're doing with this. I mean, I think about all the podcasts that I that I've listened to, and I, I gotta say, you guys gotta go check out. You, you're, I, I know Jason, you're a football guy mostly, but go listen to Tim Corbin, um, Vanderbilt head coach, head baseball coach at the uh, 2020 ABCA clinic. He talked about uh, a school for young men, and he he was asked somewhere along the line in his coaching career, if you could start a school, what would it look like? And he he talked about it, and it is absolutely incredible, and it's it's something that hit home to me and has allowed me to grow as a coach and just give back even more. Um, so I would, listeners, I don't care who you are. It's, it's a great listen. It's all about culture. Uh, culture is one of those kind of, uh, popular words right now in, in a whole bunch of different programs and people want to find the culture. They know it's important. They just don't know exactly how to do it. And I think it all starts with people and relationship and really valuing, what you have around you um, as a high school coach. And you guys know this cause you're high school coaches. The players that you have in your program are who you have. You don't get to recruit <laughs> these guys <laughs> and that can be frustrating at times, but the players that you have are who you have. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what it is that, that drives you nuts about a guy, um, it's it's all about how can I help this individual, even though I may not like him too much. Mm -hmm. He drives me up the wall. What is it that I can that I can try to do to help this kid? And I think that's that's where I've come a long way is just trying to identify. I've got you know forty fifty players in our program. You guys have upwards of a hundred plus. Mm -hmm. Right, it's a little bit harder for you guys. However, uh, I think it's important for us as coaches to to try to. Maybe it's not even football. Maybe it's not even baseball related, but it's something that you can give to the kids that they're gonna they're gonna look back and say, you know what, I'm thankful for for what for what Coach Cheever said to me that one time, and that's happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to you guys. But it's 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 as simple as that. It's just valuing and respecting the people that are in your organization. Coach, I mean you you're just you're killing it right now. I, I can easily say it's a no brainer that we had you on this show. And I I think Coach Chaddock will agree with me that you gotta come on again. We gotta I mean, this is it's like half of half of what we've talked about today was not what we plan to talk about. And I right. think that is what's made this conversation so meaningful. And I mean, I can't thank you enough for being open and, and showing who you are and, and honestly giving us all a lesson. Me sitting here, I mean, I'm the young guy. I'm the one that's, you know, I want to be a coach. I, I want to pursue this. 
and I still have so much to learn. I'm in school. I'm figuring this all out, and I'm almost I'm closer to the kids' age than I'm hard to you guys. So it's like, you know, for me, it's just it's nice for me to sit back and just learn and listen and 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 really absorb what it takes. Because for me, it inspires me to want to keep going. You know, when I hear up at at one thirty, have to be up at five, well. That makes me like, all right, so I can do it. I can go to bed at 11, and I got to be up at 5 in the morning tomorrow. Well, I can do it. No problem. What am I complaining about? And it's 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 people like you guys that really push me, and I hope it pushes a listener, no matter who you are or what you do, to, to go after it because there's nothing better than seeing people around you doing similar things, just go through the process, grind, and continue to have this – a smile on their face, continue to inspire. I mean, we all are human beings. We all have vices. We all have yeah. uh, past. We all have difficult issues that we've had to deal with. But as coaches, we always have to come. We have to be the energy. Yeah. And if we don't have the energy, the team doesn't have the energy. Yeah. And so we have to kind of, you know, block off all these issues to impact these kids the right way. And I think it's easy sometimes when you have passion of coaching because I think we can all say as soon as we get out on that field, all of that just immediately leaves our heads and we're just in the moment and all about coaching and the kids. But, I mean, you know, to go back to what I said at the beginning here was, you know, it's an honor to to have you on, Coach Cheever, and it's just – it's a pleasure to work for you and it's also a pleasure to – hear more back because when i'm on the field with you we're, we're doing baseball so it's 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 nice to dip, dive deep about really your philosophy and really what makes you go and it's not easy but we get through it and you know there's it's it's the people i think what what gets me about this conversation is it's it's people um i i have a tough time sometimes trusting certain people um because of being wronged a certain amount of times this way or the other and I've really grown over the years finding the right people and keeping those right people in my circles. And I'm surrounded by nothing but great people that are a wide variety of different careers, whether it's, you know, for the city, for the bank, for, you know, whatever the heck it is, teaching. And But they all have one thing in common, and that's hard work, grit, strong mentalities, you know, good, high character uh, makes right decisions and those are the kind of people I want to be around and that's what makes me a better person so I think you you know each person has to find the kind of people that make them go and surround yourself by as many of those people as you can because I and I and I try to find it in podcasts you know if I if I haven't seen my people in a while well shoot I'm going to turn on a, a podcast and and get you know get it in you know get it get it across to me when I'm going through a tough time and it's 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 not just doing it once. It's doing it constantly. Yeah. You have to constantly hear these things and tell yourself these things and be around those people because it takes a while to kind of change this. I don't think any of us at a certain point in our lives thought we were going to be coaches and impacting kids, but here we are doing it. And that took a certain change in our lives and it and took some time. And um, seeing you guys go through the process and still go through it and not thinking – you guys are good enough. Oh, I've made it. I'm good. Still trying to better yourself. That inspires people like me. I always bring up the story. My dad does a crossword puzzle every single day. He's about to be 62 years old. 
why does he have to do a crossword puzzle? You know, what, what, what does that do him? Well, he wants to learn. He, yeah. He's interested in learning and being better, even at his age. And you don't run into many people that are curious to learn. And that's, for me, it's important that no matter how old you are, because we were talking about kids that know it all at 16, you can be 30, 40, 50, 60. There's people out there and they're successful. Every single one of them is successful because they are open to learning and listening. And that's uh, that's why it's people listening and learning. Yeah. And I, I would just, you know, it's not perfect. You know, you, you say, you know, you bring the enthusiasm. Well, there's some days, honestly, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I step on that field and I'm, I'm drained, you know, and I think it's okay and we have to think as coaches it's okay to be like hey i'm going to i'm going to turn to one of my assistants to bring it up here right you know and and give them the opportunity to bring the fire you know and that they want that and they want to be empowered they want to be um that guy um i remember when i was that age i wanted to be that guy one day mm-hmm. you know and so it's it's okay for us to show up and not be completely there I think we have, and and I go back. I I I, I want to talk about too, and I know you're kind of closing here, but no, <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things that you know, our world, there is so much distraction and so much evil and so much things that are put out there that we need people that are close in our in our circle to encourage us and remind us every single day. We should want that as people. Mm-hmm. We should want that as coaches. Amen. You know, I I want I there's a, a one thing I do with my coaches I try to do is I always try to check in with them. I just say, "Hey, how you doing?" And a lot of guys will say, "Good." And I'll say, "Are you sure?" <laughs> and I'll start prying some questions. Because I'm not just, I'm not concerned just about, yeah, I'm good. Like, are you sure you seem a little off today? You know, I'll read them. I try to read our coaches and see where they're at because I want to know. What if a coach comes to practice and they just had a blow up at home with their wife? Or one of their family members was, you know, something just happened. I want to know. But a lot of a lot of coaches will say no, I'm good because we we've grown up in a society where we need to be tough. Mm-hmm. We need to not show our emotions. We need to not talk about them. We need to not care about you know anything but being on the field and getting work done. Uh, to me, that's false because I I want to care for the individuals that I'm around because I want to be cared for too, and I want people to to understand what I'm going through as well so that they can support me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yes, we are the guys that are out there that are grinding away. And oftentimes we do grind away even when we don't Mm -hmm. want to. But at the end of the day, we, it's okay for us as coaches to say, you know what? Look, fellas, I'm not there today. Like I need one of you guys to pick me up here today. That's what we want. That's what we expect from our players, right? If 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 there's a certain player that's not that's not in it mm-hmm. today, 
we would hope that one of our players would say, hey, let's go. Come on. And encourage that kid, right? right? Well, we're coaches. We're people too. <laughs> we should want the same same dang thing. And we should we should be in coaching staffs that are of of that type of mindset because I think that's important for us. Jason. I I have so many thoughts going through my head right now with what you said. Let's go another two hours, huh? <laughs> you're 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 bringing the fire tonight, man. And I, I'll tell you what, I want the audience to know this. We all get up at you know four or five in the morning, and I want the audience to know this right now. It is eleven oh five p.m. <laughs> yep. And and we are stinking bringing the fire like we're about to not go to bed tonight <laughs> because because I you know coaches leaders out there when you're getting ready for a big presentation. Le- leaders we know how it is uh coaches after a game you can't go to sleep for a while i'm gonna be up all night tonight and and you know it's worth it it's worth it because it's learning it's growing it's educating others and um if you go back one thing that has stood out in my mind for years was years and years and years ago kansas city chiefs had a linebacker javon belcher there was a tragic incident that happened. Yes. And I won't go into the details on it. You guys can Google it. Mm-hmm. And I remember Brady Quinn, quarterback, standing at the podium, being asked, you know, what, what did you know? Did you know anything? You know, you know, were you friends? Were you this? Were you that? Getting asked all these questions. He's just getting peppered with questions. And he said, you know, I regret not knowing him better. Because we have this mentality of walking past someone in the hall and we say, hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. And we just keep walking. And we do we really know them? Do we really get to know them? Yeah. A couple years ago, I was part of a football program. I was particularly close with a couple of the coaches and I was having an off day and they could tell one of the coaches just wouldn't accept me saying everything was okay. That's awesome. (laughs) And, and, and I, I honestly, it, it was such a big moment in our life. I can't remember if it was the first day or the second day that I was like that. Finally came up to me and said, seriously, dude, what's up? You don't seem like yourself. And I said, man, I, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling right now. And he said, what's going on? And I said, coach, my wife got diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And tears running down his face because he knew my wife and was friends with her and very very fortunately they had caught it early and it was something they were able to do a quick procedure get it taken care of and everything everything was okay and but you know we talked about it earlier you know my my wife is my life and we you know, we as coaches sometimes go through really, really hard struggles like that. And to know that another person at football knew me good enough to not accept I was okay for an answer and to push that envelope and to know there was, there was an, a, a time when I was having that with a kid and I just kept asking them and kept trying to be there for them. And 
at a football game a week or two later, um, the parent saw my wife, asked her a question. Are, are you Jason's wife? She said, yeah. And the parent said, I, I can't thank your husband enough for what he did for my child. My child didn't open up to him about what took place. However, there was a death in the family and your husband knew something wasn't right and kept talking to him and was there for him. And while they didn't talk about the issue that took place, my son felt like someone was there for him and knew him. Yeah. And I, dude, I cried. I'm not too proud to say it. I, <laughs> I, I had no idea something was going on with the kid. I mean, let me, I didn't know what was going on. I knew something was going on. Yeah. But I didn't know what specifically. And, you know, we talk about relationships. We talk about all of this stuff. And, and my goodness, know the people that you work with. Know the people in the boardroom. Know the coaches we coach with. Know the kids. Because we need to preach as a society, you're not alone. Yeah. If there's anything we could start tweeting like crazy, it's hashtag you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. My goodness, there's someone out there that can that can be a, a, a ear for you. There's someone out there you can talk to. There's mental health issues that are going on rampant in society. But as but as as our kids, we need to model that right now for them. Mm -hmm. You know, so that they when they get older and they do maybe. Or maybe they are going through something at that point, but even if they're not and they get older and they do, they know that there's somebody there. And that's we, – we have to do that as, as coaches. we got to understand that we have that platform to give to the kids. Um, I think it's, it's incredible – you know, just to again, I, I go back to our society and kind of how we've we've been put as especially men to kind of bottle things up mm -hmm. and kind of you know just shove it aside and everything will be all right, you know, type thing. But as men, we you know we have a heart too, you know, and it 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 matters, and um, you know I I, I think about a coach that I've worked with that I did the same thing, Jason, and I would not accept what, what was going on. And, and I've had players that way too. I can think of one player right now in my mind that I need to do that to tomorrow. <laughs> um, cause you know, if you value people, you can know, you can know, you know, you just, you can just read it. Um, if you're paying enough attention to people and, 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 you know, it's those it's those people that don't care, that don't notice it, they don't question it, um, and they may never tell you. But the fact that you just asked them, like you said, Jason, huge, huge, because probably nobody else has done that mm -hmm. for them. And we all know that when there's stuff that's just down there, and we're able to let it go, man, is it? it it's huge. It's huge. Um, I mean, that, let's be honest. We're counselors. <laughs> I mean, we can be. Mm -hmm. We're not professional counselors necessarily, but we allow kids to get there 
you know and i think it's 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 healthy for us to be in a position where we can ask a kid and when they tell you those things and um it's it's yeah i just i go back to this i mean if i were to um you know i i just think relationships are so huge and that's where i've i try to i mean that's kind of my foundation of coaching and it will be for many years i have a feeling because not as it only my foundation for coaching but it's also my foundation for life mm-hmm. um and you know talking to my wife asking those questions asking questions getting you know really getting to know her and deep asking her deeper questions and and I want to do that with my kids. You know, I want to know what they're experiencing and I want to model for them what what is right and um so I think it all starts at home. If you're doing the right thing at home, you're probably going to be a pretty dang good coach too because if you got kids and you're married, those are relationships. Those are your most important relationships. So if you can model that at home and you're doing a good job at home, and that's why it should be your number one priority, then you're probably going to be a pretty dang good coach. It's true. I mean, it's, I can tell you, you know, I've always kept my emotions close when it comes to like issues and it, there's nothing better than someone yet probing you that, you know, what's wrong? Talk about it. And we talked about like therapeutic feelings. It's, we know, venting, is almost like a it's it's it can be a very therapeutic feeling just getting that out then having someone listen and truly listen and not just kind of you know do it because they are just you know in the moment or they want some gossip or something you know because they want to find something about you like truly are worried about you and your well-being and there's just not enough people in this world like that so it's and I think coaches are some of the best at doing that um you know and 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 sometimes we have to play that parent card sometimes some of these kids come from tough backgrounds that we and shoot i'm I'm, like i said i'm not a parent and some of these kids look to me sometimes as you know what 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 am i supposed to do coach yeah and i'm not trained for that but i have to take my experiences and take my life and look at okay what's the best way and kind of just kind of guide them in the right direction and do the best i can but i mean the some the kids not getting it from home so we have to be ready as coaches and if we're not having good home lives either, how can we how can we guide them in the right direction? 100%. You know, we can only guide them, and I can only give this kid the right options and the right guidance because I live a good life at home. You know, I I, I live with my parents, I respect them, they're my everything. I have all my family is across the world. All I have are my mom, dad, and my sister, and so I'm try to make sure that that's that's my life, and yeah. no matter what. I'm going to be there for all the big events, all the holidays, all the birthdays, all the everything. If they need me, I'm there at the drop of a drop of a hand. It doesn't matter. And because I live that way, I'm able to guide this kid with a troubled home life to see that, you know, it's not just this. It's not like your life's in shambles. There is a way. And you just have to, you know, follow my lead in a sense. But, you know, we're not trained for that. And we're kind of thrown into the fire sometimes as coaches. But when you see and you, you said it best – and me and Coach Chaddock coach on a football team where the coaches have been there for 30 years. And to see 
players come back with their kids through that program, yeah. and now you got a coach who coached a player and is now coaching that player's kid. It really shows that family aspect of. I mean, I I can't imagine a better feeling as a coach to see your player grow up to get married, to have a career, to have a family, and then to trust. You know what? This coach is going to coach my kid as well yeah. because they had that impact on me. I think there's no better feeling. I think you could have all the state championships in the world. I think sure. that's the most natural emotional feeling of. You know, I did a good job coaching. I think that's when you really know I did a good job coaching. I think if you had all these state championships and no one's coming back to you, you're probably not feeling this sense of I I have a f- connection. I have built good relationships. Um, I look at Clemson's football team. They're, they're a family. They preach that. They know everyone inside and out. They know that if it's not just a, I'm going to take care of your son, it's really finding out about who they are and yeah. what their bets not just I'm just trying to get your son to recruit him. I want to know who you are and I want to be a part of your family and it takes effort, it takes time, it takes patience. Oh. Um, but to be open to that is special. I think going off of that is you think about you know there's so many coaches that and I used to be one of these in my early coaching years was to avoid parents mm-hmm. <laughs> because I didn't want to have to talk to him about their son doing this in the all-stars and 13u 10u (laughs) like for me it was just like okay whatever you know we're in high school now right it's a different ball game but as i've grown it's like as coaches i'm starting to think more and more about man it's it's important for me to know what the heck is what this kid's coming from you know yeah i i you know why it's important is because I see him just as much as probably his family does. <laughs> right. So, you know, I've started to think about, and honestly, this is something that I've kind of thought about doing this next year is just, you know, sitting down with and and probably starting with our freshmen and just, and just saying, Hey, you know, I, I'd like to sit down with you and dad and mom and dad and, and, son and just have a conversation to see you know just try to get to know you a little bit more um and that's that's the hardest part is you talk about the balance of everything and and you know i get jealous of tim corbin the vanderbilt Mm -hmm. baseball coach because you know in his podcast he talks about having the whole morning you know from probably six seven a.m to two o'clock practice or whatever to prepare for his day, right? And wow. do all those conversations and have all those conversations. But what when I you would have do a career, when you have school, you have kids, that's just not how it works. So it's a dream of mine to be able to do that. But can I fit it in? That's another question. And that's that's where it gets hard as a high school coach is, is really, can I actually do that? Do I mean, can I really set aside enough time for all those kids and their families because you know it's going to be an hour to two hours probably like this podcast going on (laughs) almost two hours (laughs) where kids are their parents are just you know they're telling the whole story right well i got a wife and kids at home too you know and and so it's something that i've thought about um 
football, it's even harder because you've got a hundred kids and right. whatever you got. I don't know how many kids you got on your freshman freshman team, team today. We had thirty five kids. There you go. So that's a that's a lot of parent mm-hmm. conversations you're gonna have, right? So I don't know if it works for every every avenue, but I do think it's important. Maybe it's just a conversation with the kid. Hey, what do your parents do? You know, right. and start there and just have that conversation and and try to dig a little bit deeper from the response that you're getting from those kids, but. It does take time, and I, I took I took a little bit of time this last year and uh, just pulled, you know, one-on-one conversation with your players is huge. They want that. They love it. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's a big thing, too. Well, Coach Cheever, can't – I mean, I think we're going to definitely have to bring you on again <laughs> and continue this conversation. Um it's, you know, I, I, I'm i sure I'm speaking for both me and Coach here, but it's been a pleasure to have you on. I think this was our, you know, one of our better conversations, really diving deep, um, kind of opening up a little bit and talking about um, stuff that doesn't necessarily pertain to how to field a ground ball or how to no. catch a football, because no. that's not what we're trying to preach here. It's, it's, it's life lessons, relationships, people, trust, respect. It's all those things that go into and, and you can take it into any field. Um, I'm sure it's it's the same way as a teacher, you know, with your fellow teachers and building that relationship with the fellow teachers in in your in your office. Um, I know so many people that have a great job, make great money, but switch that whole aura because of the people they work with, and they just can't do it. And so, the work and the money can mean a lot, but it's the people that end up making the decision for you. So, um, it. You know, all I can say is it's it, it's it, it's been a great conversation, Coach Cheever. Um, I know I won't be, you know, I I'll be seeing much more of you, but um, I'm sure our listeners will want to hear and and know much more about you. So we'll have to bring you on. Um, this is again. what I want to do. This is what I want to do. How many of your listeners have gotten the questions that you just asked me about you two? Never. So I think that that might be what happens next time is I'm I'm the guy that's running this show next time. <laughs> I like it. And you guys are you guys are the ones that are you guys your listeners got to know who you that's are. That's true. That's true. Right? So I think I'm going to be the the head dude next oh. time. <laughs> and you two are going to a- answer some questions from my end. Well, I'll tell you what, for you know, I, I'm I think you did a great job. So as a guest so I think we can give you a chance as a host now. I, I see no problem with that. Ch- Chadock, you're cool with that? Hey, I'm in. I, th- I think it would, it would be neat to switch roles, actually. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, I'll tell you what. Like like Coach Chadock alluded to, we're recording this at night. It's 1130. We've mentioned lots of times. You guys got wives and kids. So we got you know we got we to gotta get out of here. But Coach Cheever, again, thank you so much for coming on to the thank show. Thank you, guys. Um, it's been a pleasure. And... Um, can't wait to have you on again. Thank you.